trigger warning that this episode will talk about depression, bullying, substance use, and eating disorders. So if you are not in a place to hear something like that, I send you love and support and want to give everyone a heads up that that is discussed in this episode. Welcome back to You Are The Healer. This is your host, Sydney Rindernecht, and this week we are going to talk about shame. Um, I'm personally actually not very excited to have this conversation. Like, it's not like shame lights me up and I'm excited about it. However, I do feel like it's an important topic uh, for many reasons that we will get into throughout the episode. But before I get ahead of myself, let's do a low, a high, and a lesson that I'm learning through. I really like starting my episodes this way. Um, it helps me ease in, ease into my flow with podcasts. So something a low in my life recently, and I think this is relatable to a lot of people and I want to be transparent, is I'm feeling super unmotivated with my healing journey. Um, quite frankly, a lot of the times it feels like too much work. It feels like a lot of energy being expended and it it's not fun, you know, like it's not like, Oh, shadow work. Can't wait. It's like, fuck, I have to confront these parts of myself that I don't even want to think about. And you know, it's sometimes it just feels like a lot of effort and a lot of energy. And if you feel that way, you know, you're not alone. I know I'm not alone in this. I know that like burnout with your healing journey is like very common. And honestly, a lot of what I want to do right now is just like veg out and numb out and like sit on the couch and watch Vampire Diaries. Um, and that's okay too. Everything comes in a phase. Everything comes in waves and there's a time to be really expedited and dedicated to yourself. And there's also a time to rest and to relax. And I believe a huge purpose in our lives is to have fun. So there's a time to have fun and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to constantly be working on yourself endlessly. That's not necessarily sustainable. Part of working on yourself is doing things that you enjoy and prioritizing fun, okay? So that's that's like me trying to make myself feel better <laughs> and saying that like it's okay to watch Vampire Diaries. Um, but yeah, I've just been feeling a little bit of a lull in my healing journey and something that um, has helped me kind of give myself compassion while I'm feeling that way because a lot of the things I'm passionate about have to do with healing and feeling unmotivated with that is like not a great feeling. I like feeling, you know, creative and inspired and all of these things. But there's this quote that I heard um, actually in spirituality group at work. And I think I talk about it in my last solo episode on spirituality, but it healing is a journey. So your work is never finished. And I have conflicting emotions about that right now because as I say it, I'm like, ugh, it's never finished. Like, are you kidding me? Um, But at the same time, like, it's not like you need to go, 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 like marathon sprint when you're at the end. It's it's endless. So you can take your time and you can slow down and there can be ebbs and flows because it's it's a journey, right? It's not going to be a constant. I'm I'm thinking of like a graph with like, you know, an X and a Y and it's just like constantly going up. That's not really how healing works. It's not linear. And so there's going to be a time and place for everything. So that's the low I'm having right now. And I just wanted to share because I think that it's really relatable. A high that I'm having is, so I record these episodes like in advance. So right now it is November 6th and I went snowboarding yesterday and I'm just so excited because the mountains are starting to open up and snowboarding is literally like one of my favorite activities of all time. And I'm just like, I like, I feel like you can hear the excitement in my voice. I'm just like have this big smile on my face. It's literally my favorite activity ever. Um, and I'm so excited to get back out there. I'm excited to learn some new tricks, excited to meet some friends and just vibe in nature, in the mountains, doing my favorite activity. I'm so happy the season is back. It felt like I was waiting forever for the mountains to open back up and they finally are. And I am excited. Woo. Okay. What am I learning, uh, right now in my life? Um, I actually just talked about this in therapy last week. Shout out to therapy, honestly. Like, just a little tange. Um, I currently go to therapy for free because my uh, work pays for it. A lot of employers are starting to do that. So if you're hesitant on therapy because of the financial reasons, there's actually... Well, I don't want to say actually because therapy is relatively inaccessible. It is financially expensive. But there are a lot of resources out there. Um, to get plugged into therapy at a low cost and I love the fact that my therapy is free because it's also in person so I feel like I'm getting so much out of it and I'm like oh my gosh it's literally free like what a slay Um, but this lesson I'm learning is something I talked about in therapy last week Um, 
basically tolerating sitting with my emotions, um, which is very uncomfortable and it's not something that I was taught to do. I was, the message I got growing up from everything was, you know, think things through instead of being with the emotions. Um, and so what I'm learning now is when I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling shame, like I'll talk about in this episode, my initial reaction is to be like, well, why am I anxious? And let me try to find a solution. And, and it's very thought focused when as a lot of times feelings are there for a reason and they need to be felt in order to be passed and processed. So you can't even truly understand why you're feeling a certain way until you feel the emotion, you feel it in your body, you, you process it, you sit with it, you be with it. And then when it passes, you're at a more regulated state to understand, okay, why did I have that emotional experience? Where is that coming from? What, what can I learn from it? Because when you're in a heightened emotion, you can't think that clearly, right? And so I'm unlearning the pattern of, you know, when an when a uncomfortable emotion arises, shutting down and avoiding it or thinking my way into a solution and rather just being with it. And that really relates to this episode because <laughs> as I was researching shame and looking at things and um, reflecting on my own experience with shame, um, you know, I, I was like, oh, I've had shame in the past, but right now I, I don't really know if I have shame towards anything, <laughs> which is not true. Um, shame can be one of those tricky emotions where it hides and it doesn't want to be seen because a big component in shame is secrecy. And so it's almost sneaky in the way that it shows up in your life. You might not even be aware that you have it. And I was not aware that I still had a lot of shame. And so as I was reflecting on my life in areas that I have shame, I realized, oh my gosh, I actually have a ton of shame around sex. And I'm not going to get into like nitty gritty details or anything, but I think a lot of humans conditioned as women can probably relate to the fact of, you know, being shamed around having sexual desires and sexual preferences or wanting sex or wanting sex in a particular way. And I didn't even realize that I had this shame until today as I'm learning and talking about it to other people. Um, and it was really overwhelming. And, um, I mean, we'll get into the definition of shame and everything, but I just wanted to share this experience off the bat because this is what my shame made me want to do. I got really overwhelmed and I was writing for the podcast on my desk and I took, you know, my laptop and the books that I was looking at and I went to my bed. So I'm already like cocooning a little bit. I'm already, you know, going towards comfort and cause it was feeling so uncomfortable in my body. And, um, you know, I did a little bit of work for my bed and then I just started getting lost in my head and like rehearsing conversations in my head about this thing that I'm shameful of. And I felt the shame growing and growing. And something that my therapist was teaching me is like, think of your emotions as like a bell graph. So it's basically like an upside down you. It's like a little hump. Right. And so I felt my shame growing up and, and getting stronger towards the more intense emotion. And I so badly wanted to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to stop working on the podcast. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to do something else to not feel it. But I was like, you know what, Sydney, this is really good practice to tolerate your uncomfortable emotions, which is what you are wanting to work on in therapy. So I was like, you know what? I, the first step I did is I noticed it. I'm like, I'm feeling so much shame right now. Like, and I checked in with my body. How is it making me feel at this point? I had started curling up in a ball and I got under my covers and I'm like in the fetal position in my bed. And I'm like, well, the shame feels horrible. It feels embarrassing. It feels um, like my everything in my body just wanted to curl in. So like my shoulders dropped and curled in. My head dropped. My eyes dropped. And I just felt like this like gross feeling in my chest and in my body. And I started thinking of, if anyone watches Big Mouth, I started thinking of the shame wizard from Big Mouth. Basically, he's like this character that comes and like makes every, the characters feel bad for the things that they do. And, um, I started like noticing him. I'm like, the shame wizard is present. Um, and I just checked in with my body, like, okay, this feels bad, but I'm going to tolerate it. I'm going to sit with it. So I just kind of laid in bed and I did some deep breathing. And as much as I wanted to be like, where's the shame coming from? How can I fix it? Like blah, blah, blah. I was 
constantly redirecting myself and saying, okay, I'm going to continue to sit with it. I'm going to continue to sit with it. And it was very uncomfortable and it was honestly miserable and it depleted a lot of my energy. Um, afterwards I was like, okay, I need to take a nap. I need to like rest in this bed. Like I'm exhausted. And so something that I did to comfort myself, which we'll get into, what are some things you can do when you're feeling shame? Um, I pictured my higher self, um, coming down from the sky and, and joining me in my little fetal position and like, um, coming behind me and like wrapping her arms around me and holding me and saying like, you know, I see you, I see that you're having a really shameful experience and shame is something that we all experience. And I'm going to sit with you through this like uncomfortability. And that made me feel so much better. Just knowing that like I had that ability of compassion for myself and that I, I wasn't alone and it'll pass too. That's something that's really helpful for me. Anytime um, I'm going through something uncomfortable, so I'm like, this is temporary, this will pass. And I knew it. And, you know, that was probably like a 15 minute experience and it, and it, I felt my shame go down and I was like rating it zero to 10, 10 being like the top of the bell graph. And, you know, it started getting to like a two and then I was just kind of feeling lousy and, and tired and, So I played like a little self-compassion meditation and then I got up and I changed and I went outside and I had a snack and so I'm feeling much better. Um, But it's just interesting because as I sit down for this podcast to talk about things and to help educate, it's very much like I am educating myself as I'm doing this, which I think is really cool because like I said in the beginning, I I was feeling super unmotivated by my healing journey. And this wasn't even something I was aware that needed to be healed. And it came up today and I was able to handle it and, and extend myself some self-compassion, which is a little bit difficult for me. And so (laughs) long story short, that is something that I'm learning is to really sit with my emotions and tolerate them. And today specifically, it had it happened uh, with shame. And so we will get into what is shame? Why do we have it? Why is it not helpful for us? What are some things we commonly feel shame for? What is the impact that shame has on us? And how can we combat shame? I'm going to take a quick little break from this week's episode and shout out Katie Confections. Katie Confections is my mom's uh, small-owned business that she created herself. She makes sugar cookies and she decorates them so beautifully. She's so talented. And if you want to place orders for Christmas cookies, if you live in the Katie or Houston area, um, I will link below places to place orders. She's making like little snowmen and reindeer and it's super cute. And also if you're just looking for sugar cookies for an event or something in your life, Um, I highly recommend my mom's cookies. They taste delicious. They're beautiful and I love her so much and I want to support her. So check out Katie Confections. I'll link Instagram and her Facebook below so you can give her a follow and give her some support. I do want to say that while my experience sitting and tolerating my emotions was rather negative, in the long term, it was very therapeutic because I have been what's the word when you like shove things down? I've been basically resisting feeling this shame for God knows how long. I've never truly let myself feel shame. I don't think ever in my life. And so while it was uncomfortable and I was depleted afterwards and, and you know, it was difficult to sit with, I feel like now because I gave myself the opportunity to have it in my body and pass through me, it will no longer have that control that it subconsciously had in my past and so yes while you know maybe the story I shared with sitting with my emotions wasn't you know like all fun and games I think it will really benefit me in the long run and I just wanted to share that because I was reflecting on you know that that story that I told and I was like I don't know if that's going to actually make anyone want to sit with their emotions but it is really important even though it's hard usually the hard things are really important so we're going to talk about shame and define it, right? So I'm really going to rely on the absolute queen, Brene Brown, for a lot of what I talk about. She, if you don't know who Brene Brown is, you better go with the freaking program because she is incredible. Okay. She is a researcher on emotions, specifically on shame. That's kind of what she started her research on. Um, and I absolutely love her so much. She is, um, in recovery from alcoholism, she talks a lot about perfectionism and and she's got all these incredible books. And the one that I'm referring to for this episode is called Atlas of the Heart 
also cannot recommend this book enough. This book basically dives into different emotions and their experience. And to me, it's like the perfect like coffee table book because I reference it all the time based on the emotions that I'm having. And it's pretty much like every spectrum of emotion is in this book. And they're categorized by basically like their similarities and how they relate to each other. It's just freaking incredible. So if you haven't read Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, and honestly, she has incredible books, she, Dare to Lead, Gifts of Imperfection. If you're looking for a self-help book, I don't even like the term self-help, but if you're looking for a self-improvement, whatever book, Brene Brown is your queen. She's got TED Talks. She's got a podcast. I love her, okay? So I'm going to use her definition of shame because I think she is the expert on it. And I think she summarizes it in a really good way. And something that she said is, you know, whenever I talk about shame with people, they either say, I don't know what that is um, and I don't care to learn or I know exactly what that is and I don't want to talk about it. So that's why we're talking about it. And I think as uncomfortable as talking about uncomfortable emotions can be, it is so important for me to talk about the things that are taboo that we don't usually talk about because like there is danger that comes from silence and there's danger that comes from feeling alone. And this podcast to me is so important to decrease stigma by talking about things. So that's exactly what we're doing, even though this isn't necessarily fun for me and maybe sent me into a, you know, rather uncomfortable emotional experience. I think that this is necessary because I barely hear people talk about shame and it dictates a lot of our lives and it can be very unsafe and unhelpful. So let's, let's get into it. For example, this is how Brene Brown defines shame. It says, shame, I am bad. The focus is on self, not behavior. The result is feeling flawed and unworthy of love, belonging, and connection. Shame is not a driver of positive change. And the example she uses is you get a quiz and your grade is an F and the way that you talk to yourself is I'm so stupid. So you're not focusing on the behavior, you're focusing on yourself. And shame can exist in a million different ways and it's it's not helpful. It's not going to cause us to want to be better and we'll get into why that is. And I wanted to define other things that are similar to shame because I think that the language we use is important. And I think that a lot of times we, we use incorrect language to describe emotional experiences. And if we are able to identify our emotions specifically in a consistent way, then we are more able to manage them. The problem that Brene Brown talks about a lot in this book specifically is the language we have for our emotions is not universal. And so we're using different terms and it's harder to navigate them when we don't have a clear definition of what this emotion is. And there's so much with all the different emotions, there's so much overlap and similarities that it's important to define them. So shame is similar to guilt, but guilt she defines as guilt is I did something bad. The focus is on behavior. Guilt is the discomfort we feel when we evaluate what we've done or failed to do against our values. It can drive positive change in behavior. So guilt looks like you get back a quiz and you get an F and your self-talk is going to the party instead of studying for the quiz was stupid. So you're not internalizing it on yourself. You're saying the thing that I did was stupid, not I am stupid. And so guilt can be helpful because it's focusing on our behavior and we can change our behavior. Whereas shame is not helpful because we're internalizing it and feeling negative about ourselves, which isn't necessarily doing anything good for us. Another similar emotion is humiliation, which is basically if you've been put down by someone, you've been belittled, they made you feel unworthy of connection, they made you feel disgusted, and it was unfair and I didn't deserve this. So humiliation is different because you don't feel like you deserve it, whereas with shame, you're like, oh, I deserve to feel this way because it's spinning that negative self-talk spiral. So humiliation is like, let's say someone treats you badly and, and you start to feel negative about it, but you know, like, I don't deserve to be treated this way. So it's humiliating because you know that you don't deserve that treatment. And the last one that's kind of similar to shame is embarrassment. And embarrassment, I think, is a spectrum. I think embarrassment can be kind of funny. And embarrassment can also really not feel great, right? So it's, you know, I did something that made me uncomfortable. I also know that other people do these things. And um, it's kind of a quicker feeling. It's fleeting. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. And an example for embarrassment is like, you know, you accidentally fart in front of someone. You're like, oh, God, that was so embarrassing. Like, the behavior of farting is embarrassing. But you're not like... I'm a shit piece of person because I farted. Like you're not internalizing it and, and making it 
mean that much about you. Brene goes on to say in this book that shame is universal and it's one of the most primitive emotions that we experience. The only people who don't experience it are those who lack the capacity for empathy and human connection. And we will talk about how shame relates to empathy further down the episode. The next thing she says is we are all afraid to talk about it. Sometimes we can feel shame when we just say the word shame, but it's getting easier the more people are talking about it, which is such a big motivation for why I want to talk about it, despite it being uncomfortable. And then she says, the less we talk about it, the more control it has over us. Shame hates being spoken. And this is something that I've, my understanding of shame is like shame lives in silence. And the way that shame makes you feel, it makes you feel isolated, it makes you feel alone. If you open up and you share with someone, you're giving less control to shame. And this is like the true definition that she writes. She says, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love, belonging, and connection. And it's important to know that shame serves a purpose in our like evolution, right? Shame, I think every emotion has a purpose. Shame is one of those ones where it's like the purpose it's usually, to me, shame is usually unhelpful, but in understanding emotions, I like to understand, like, why why we have them in general, and shame comes from our, our desire to survive, our desire to feel like we belong in a group, and so shame is a very social emotion, and it's something that basically keeps us in check, and it keeps us, you know, are we doing what everybody else is doing in the group? Am I fitting in? Because part of our survival is fitting into our community and feeling that sense of belonging. That's one of our needs. And so shame comes from the desire to connect and to be in the community and to belong. And that is basically why we have shame. And now, I mean, we can go into why is shame so unhelpful. And I think that everyone has experienced shame. It's universal. So I think that a lot of us can can know some of the things in your own experience that have been unhelpful with shame. So shame makes us feel very negative about ourselves. It makes us feel alone, which makes us feel very isolated. Like to me, so let me, let me share a bit of my experience with shame. So I didn't even realize that this was shame until today, but I, in my childhood, I, I'm sensitive. Okay. Like there's no hiding it. I am a sensitive person. I have always felt feelings really deeply And I had a lot of shame about that growing up, which I didn't even realize was shame until today. Um, And basically, you know, my emotions, I was kind of taught that my emotions were like too much. I was too reactive. They weren't serving me, whatever. And I took that like negative experience being told that I was too sensitive and I felt a lot of shame about it. I said, I'm bad because I'm sensitive. I'm bad because I have really intense emotions. There's something wrong with me. I'm the problem. I am alone. Nobody else has this experience. And it was like this negative self-talk spiral of like just feeling horrible about myself. And it's very internalized. When when you have shame, you're very focused on you and and it's a very self-involved feeling. And a lot of times it relates to how other people are perceiving you. So it's like you're worrying that people are judging you. So in this example, I'm sensitive. And so I feel shame because I think people are judging me that I'm too sensitive, that I'm too emotional. It's really common to feel shame in regards to our childhood experiences, specifically childhood trauma, because often we are so young that we don't, we don't think, you know, adults are flawed or there's nuance in a situation, right? When you're a kid, you're like, oh, I'm the problem. I'm bad. So you feel shame typically with childhood trauma. There's other areas that are typical for shame. You can feel shame about literally anything, but the more common areas are mental illness, right? You feel a lot of shame and and just internalized like yuckiness. If you have, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, it's really common to feel shame about that. Also, with substance use, um, I know that this is a really common area to feel shame. You know, I'm a bad person because I drink too much or, uh, you know, the way that I use drugs makes me bad or things like that. It's really common to feel shameful around substances. There's also, I see this all the time in the kids that I work with. 
not living up to the standards you set for yourself. So a lot of times I work with teenagers and a lot of times when I'm talking to their parents, they're like, I don't even know why they're so harsh on themselves. Like we don't set really high expectations for them. It's like they set these really high standards and then when they can't meet them, then they feel really bad about themselves. And that that's really common and that's that's how perfectionism relates to shame is, you know, you're so focused on what other people are thinking of you. And that's that's shame, right? You're you're feeling bad about yourself because you are thinking of how other people are perceiving you for this thing. It's not like, you know, an internal thing. Oh, I want to grow and I want to get better. It's like, I feel bad because other people are probably thinking this way about me and perfectionism is a way it's not helpful, but it is a way that we feel like, oh, if I control people's perceptions of me by being perfect all of the time, then I won't feel shame, but they go hand in hand. And, and perfectionism is its own spiral that, I personally don't have too much experience with, but it really, it fuels shame. They go hand in hand. And so that is a common area, you know, setting these high standards for, setting these high standards for yourself is common, is a common way to feel shame. Also bullying. I was bullied as a kid and that shit fucked me up. (laughs) Um, I felt really bad about myself and I felt really shameful. Like I wasn't cool enough or I wasn't good enough or there was something wrong with me to make people pick on me. Uh, Another common area that people feel shame, and I shared a little bit about this, is sex and sexuality. That in itself, I feel like is more susceptible to shame because it is not talked about. And so, like I said earlier, shame lives in silence. And so the more we don't talk about these things, the more we feel alone and we feel like there's something wrong with us or we're the only person that, that, that feels this way or has this experience. But that is the case because our society typically doesn't talk about sex. We have like, I got like no sex education. It was not discussed as if it's not a normal part of life, as if it's not what literally brings us all onto this earth. Anyways, I could go off, but sex is really common to feel shame around because it's not talked about. And, you know, when when there's potential for abuse and manipulation and things like that, it's really easy to feel like you're, you're the reason why things didn't go right? You're the reason why, you know, I think with a lot of sexual abuse, like one of the most common feelings is shame from it because you feel like, oh, it was my fault that this thing happened to me. It was something that I was doing. Like I'm bad for, for, you know, attracting this behavior. And and there's so much self-blame and shame that comes with sexual abuse and sexual assault. And so, I know that I've talked about it in episodes before, um, specifically the ones with my sister Ava and my best friend Taryn. We talk about, you know, the feelings that come with abuse and the shame and, and all of that stuff. And it's really important to know, and I'll get into this, but you are not alone. And that is why it's so important for me to talk on this podcast about all the things that people don't talk about because you are not alone in this experience. Like so much of humanity is shared and yes, it can be really painful and yes, it can be confusing. And if you share your story with somebody else, you are opening up an alley to feel better, to connect with someone, to feel less alone. And it's hard. It's so hard to open up to people. And it's important. Another area that is common with shame, and this relates to, um, you know, I was thinking about it in my past with my history of an eating disorder. Like shame really fueled a lot of those behaviors in regards to both food and my body image. So, you know, I didn't feel good enough about myself and that related to the amount of food that I would eat. So if I would eat too much food, I would literally say like, I'm a bad person because I ate too much or like I'm a piece of shit or I'm worthless. I'm worthless. I don't deserve anything good because I ate too much today. That was like how bad my thoughts were at the time of my eating disorder. And also relates to your body. I I feel even now, I feel like my body image is conditional And if I were to gain a bunch of weight, I would really feel unworthy because I have so much shame around the way that my body looks depending, you know, it's, it's body image is tough because right now I feel like my body's accepted by society. Like the way that I look is like acceptable, but that changes all the time. So, you know, if societal standards change, I'm very susceptible to feel shame again about my body and feel not good enough about myself. And so I just wanted to share some common areas that you feel shame in. And, and I encourage you as you're listening to this episode to really reflect and think, okay, what areas in my life do I have shame around? And then 
keep that on the top of your mind as we go into discovering more about shame. So that way you can relate it to yourself and then learn as much as you can. So let's talk the impact of shame. This is why shame, I feel like, is usually so unhelpful as an emotion um, because of the impact it has on us. So shame causes us to feel unworthy of love, connection, and belonging, right? And that can lead to social isolation because usually when you feel shame, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so alone. Like nobody else has this experience. So you're less likely to go around other people because you feel so isolated and alone and like disgusting about yourself. There's also, you know, I talked about perfectionism, right? If you can, quote unquote, control how other people perceive you, then you won't feel this shame. But anyone that struggles with perfectionism, those that like, that is a never ending cycle. And you cannot control how people perceive you. So it's like running on a hamster wheel. Like it's never going to stop. You're never going to feel perfect enough. And that is something that shame really gets us to do is to to try to be perfect all the time because it's so focused on other people's perception of us. Um, shame can really lead to addiction um, for a couple reasons, right? I talked about how substance use, you can feel shame around that, but also like shame is a garbage feeling to feel and substances help us not feel our feelings. So, you know, Brene Brown struggled with alcoholism and that's why she's so pat like into writing about shame is because they're they're so related to each other. And I think anyone that's struggled with addiction knows that there's shame around your addiction and also your addiction helped you deal with shame that was there before. Um, the next impact that shame has on us is defensiveness. Um, and this this one's um, this one's just interesting because um, it, it kind of goes also with like, narcissism and like so shame makes us feel bad about ourselves and so when we feel bad about ourselves it's kind of hard to be like oh let me be curious and like look at to at look at my experience and it's easy to be defensive and be like well I don't have a problem like you're the problem (laughs) um and also a big coping mechanism that we have some of us is if we feel bad about ourselves then we will on the outside, we will inflate our ego and we will inflate our sense of self to other people so that they don't pick up on our on our feelings of inadequacy inside of ourselves. So if you feel like I don't have any value, then you might compensate for that by being really boastful and and, you know, arrogant and really into yourself on the on the surface level. So other people will perceive you as, wow, this person really thinks they're all that when in reality, you don't feel good about yourself at all. Um, shame can also lead us to bullying other people. So it's really common. I see this all the time in the hospital too. A lot of times we have kids that have been bullied because bullying we know leads to poor mental health outcomes, decreases your feelings of self-esteem. So you don't feel good about yourself, right? But the shame that you feel, it's almost like the defensiveness, like it, 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 it almost like doesn't make sense to me, but it can cause you to in turn hurt other people so you feel better about yourself, right? If you feel like I have no value, I'm inadequate, I'm unworthy, I'm going to make someone else feel that way. So then I don't feel so alone in that feeling, Um, which is kind of backwards because if you've been bullied, like you know how bad it feels. Why would you do that to somebody else? But it's so common. We see it all the time. So shame can, shame really can help us, not help us. Shame can lead us to being reactive and defensive and hurtful towards other people because There is a part of us that feels better when we do those things. And it's important to know that like, oh, why would somebody do that? Obviously, it's doing something good. Obviously, it's helping them feel better to some extent. And putting other people down makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. And that's why people do it. And anytime that I see people really like bullying or being mean or belittling other people, my first thought now, I mean, I've really trained this into myself because I have experiences with these things, is like, they must feel so bad about themselves to have to make other people feel bad. And I know that when I had no self-esteem, I was a bitch. Like, I was mean. I was mean to my mom. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I was horrible to people in my life. I was defensive. I was reactive because I didn't feel good about myself. And so I'm not going to be nice to other people because I'm not nice to myself. And everything's a mirror. And that's something that I always think of whenever, you know, I see people being mean or acting in a way that... I, I wouldn't, you know, I think they have to really be hurting in order to treat other people that way. And usually you treat people in the way that you feel about yourself. 
Other things that shame can make us do is feel very lonely, right? So when you isolate, loneliness is a feeling that comes with it. And that shame narrative tells us, you know, I'm alone in this experience. And so loneliness is is a natural consequence of feeling that way. I talked about low self-esteem, um, trust issues. Okay. This, this is really hitting the nail on the head for my life right now. Um, basically if you think that there's something wrong with you, you are ashamed of it. You don't want other people to see it. So you're not, you're not going to open up to people and, and trust them because you're like, well, I feel so ashamed and I feel bad about myself and I feel unworthy. I'm not going to trust someone else because they're going to see what's wrong with me. And, and that's the last thing you want. If you're feeling shame is for somebody else to, to pick up on your feelings of inadequacy and feeling not enough. Another impact of shame is feeling judged. So shame is really focusing on what other people think of you. And so if you feel shame, you are going to project that onto other people and you are going to feel judged by everyone because you're judging yourself based on what you think they think of you, Um, which is almost like, it's like judging on top of judging on top of judging. And it's all about perception. And so um, if you have a lot of shame, you're going to feel really judged and not really accepted socially by other people, which shame can also make us people please, right? We talked about perfectionism and like controlling what people think, but also people pleasing is an attempt to change how people perceive you. And you're like, oh, if I meet everyone's needs all of the time, then they'll like me. Then they won't, you know, pick up on the fact that I'm inadequate. They won't pick up on all the stuff that's wrong with me. If I make them feel really good about themselves, if I meet all of their needs, if I neglect my own needs, then they'll like me and they'll accept me into their group. But you know, Anyone that knows anything about people pleasing knows it's, it's the same thing as perfectionism, right? It's that hamster wheel, like you can't get off and it ultimately just hurts yourself. Another thing, I mean, I could go off on people pleasing, but for me, it's so important to be authentic because if you're authentic and then people like you, they like the real version of you. Whereas when you're people pleasing, you're trying to get people to like you and it's not a version of you that's even you. It's like this fake version of you that's catering to other people. So let's say you people please and you make all these friends people pleasing. You're not even yourself. They don't even like the version of you that's real. So it's just, it's a, it's not a good situation to be in, but it's so tempting to do that because as humans, we really crave connection and belonging and we want to be included in a group and people pleasing allows us to do that even if it's not helpful long-term. Another impact of shame, and I talked about this a little bit with like eating disorder stuff, is dieting. So if you feel really shameful about your body, you don't feel good enough, it's like only natural to want to control those feelings by, you know, over-exercising or being really strict with, with what you eat. And that itself is another hamster wheel that you can spin and spin and spin. There is no amount of weight loss there is no amount of healthy eating that's going to change the way that you feel about yourself that is something that is internal and that's something that I learned through the thick of my eating disorder like it was never enough I could lose five pounds and that would be my goal and once I'd get there I'd still feel horrible about myself then I want to lose 10 pounds and then I would get there and then it, it wasn't enough I still felt bad about myself so if you're looking at these external things like dieting and weight loss and and body image and and what you're eating to feel better about yourself to decrease your shame it's not gonna work I hate to break it to you but I would so much rather inform you than have you learn the hard way and the unsafe way Shame also makes us do things like overworking. So if we don't feel good enough about ourselves, we're going to try to have as many external things as we can to feel good about ourselves. So that could look like overworking, like I said, perfectionism, um, just like doing so much in order to feel adequate about ourselves. And shame also has random other um, impacts like like overcleaning, um, just doing like things to help us feel better about ourselves. And so I really want to talk about the impact that that shame has on us because it is such a powerful emotional experience. And like I said, it's not talked about often. So now that we know, okay, shame does all of these things that I don't necessarily desire. What, what do I do? How do I get rid of shame? And the answer to that is empathy. Empathy is the antidote to shame. Empathy is the opposite side of the spectrum. So let's get into it. So in summary, we know that shame is basically a fear of disconnection. It makes us feel unworthy of love, connection, belonging. It makes us feel alone. And so the antidote to shame is empathy, right? And because shame is a social emotion, it lives 
it lives in silence and it festers in silence. And what can help us get out of it is by opening up and receiving empathy from somebody else. And so shame and empathy are really like two different sides of the spectrum. They don't really work together. And so let's talk about empathy. So empathy is, this is again from Atlas of the Heart. Brene says, empathy is an other focused emotion. It draws our attention outward towards the other person's experience. When we are truly practicing empathy, our attention is fully focused on the other person and trying to understand their experience. We only have thoughts of self in order to draw on how our experience can help us understand what the other person is going through. And shame is egocentric. It's a self-involved emotion. It draws our focus inward. Our only concern with others when we are feeling shame is to wonder how they are judging us. Shame and empathy are incompatible. When feeling shame, our inward focus overrides our ability to think about another person's experience. We become unable to offer empathy. We are incapable of processing information about the other person unless that information specifically pertains to their view of us. So we know empathy and we know the shame, right? So a big part in getting rid of shame or processing shame or decreasing its control on us is sharing our stories and opening up to other people so that they can in turn offer us empathy, right? And there's other things that we can do to help shame, but this is what I'm going to talk about right now. So I literally have direct experience to this because um, after my big shame spiral right before recording this episode that, you know, I really felt and handled for the first time. I reached out to a friend, shout out Grace. Um, and I said, Hey, this experience happened. Like it was really difficult. Like, you know, I'm just like really struggling about it. And she offered me empathy and she said, Oh my gosh, like shame is the worst feeling. And it's really difficult to feel your feelings, but I'm really proud of you and like good work processing things in a healthy way. And I had, talk to her at a point where I was feeling a lot better and she's like good for you like go off you know and so it it would be easy for me to keep that experience to myself and to feel ashamed of you know kind of spiraling and in turn I I was a little brave and I opened up to somebody else and I received empathy and I feel so much better about my experience because like I said shame is a social emotion and so it relates to how we feel like we can connect with others how we feel like we can belong and so because I was able to open up and really feel accepted by my friend really feel connected by someone that I care about shame that shame doesn't have as much power over me and I think that's freaking incredible So we need empathy when it comes to shame because shame is one of those things that makes us feel alone and it it has to do with how we think other people are perceiving us. So reaching out for empathy is a huge step in, you know, taking back the the grip that shame has on you. But self-compassion is also really big. And this is something that I practiced as I was in my shame spiral. And so self-compassion, I'm going to break it down into three elements, which was talked by Kristen Neff's research on self-compassion. And uh, she breaks it down to three parts. We have self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. Self-kindness, the way that I, um, what's the word? The way that I understand self-kindness is basically like treating yourself as you would a friend. So when we feel inadequate, we extend ourselves kindness towards ourselves. So this for me looked like my higher self, reaching out to my higher self and coming down and, and and having her sit with me and really be with my experience and be gentle and be loving and compassionate to myself while I'm having a hard time. And if you're like, higher self, what's that? I just had an episode on spirituality where I talk about that, um, which I love that episode. So go listen to it. Um, but basically, we are not judging ourselves. We are instead being kind to ourselves. You know, we realize humans are imperfect. We fail. We we make mistakes. We experience difficulty. And I'm going to be kind to myself throughout that instead of judging myself and making the experience even harder because of the way that I'm coming at myself. The next step is common humanity. This one to me, I feel like is really um, natural because basically common humanity is realizing that like this is a shared human experience. Everyone has shame. We all go through something like this. And this is something that like I'm so aware of. I think because I work with people that suffer, I know like, okay, suffering is a common experience. It happens in the collective and I'm not alone. And I mean, that's not something that I always knew when I was really in the thick of 
my depression, I swore I was completely alone in how I felt. Now my eyes have opened to where, you know, self-compassion, an easy component of self-compassion for me is common humanity because I know that everyone struggles and everyone has these feelings and we're all kind of together in this experience, which I think is like so dope. Um, and the next component of self-compassion is mindfulness. And a big component of mindful- mindfulness is non-judgment. And I also have an episode on mindfulness. I'm like shouting myself out. But all these episodes kind of build on each other. So a big component of mindfulness is non-judgment. So it would be very easy for me in this shame experience and in, you know, thinking of the things that I'm ashamed of to be judgmental of myself and to kind of tack on feelings that make me feel worse. Mindfulness is paying attention to the way that you're you're thinking and feeling and just observing them kind of like from a bird's eye view from an outsider perspective and so that you're not adding on to your pain you're noticing it and it's also helpful with mindfulness that you don't over identify with your thoughts and feelings which I think can be a, a component to it um but rather you're just noticing it and for me it was like noticing how it felt in my body and just being really aware and present in that experience and those components all together will help us be compassionate to ourselves and being compassionate to ourselves is something that's really important when it comes to shame because shame causes us to feel so poorly about ourselves that when you come at it from a place of self-compassion it it neutralizes those really negative emotions and it kind of helps you come back to yourself and feel a little bit better I also realized that I have a little bit of shame when it comes to this podcast. It might, it's like a bit of imposter syndrome, a bit of um, just not feeling like great about myself in regards to um, acting on my dreams. I don't know. I've really recently been releasing a belief of like feeling like I'm not good enough, which plays a huge part in shame and like shame probably caused that belief. And so I am like very hesitant to try to like plug myself or share the podcast um, because there's a little bit of shame of like, who do I think I am to promote myself? Who do I think I am to like ask to be, you know, financially sponsored and, and things like that. And I think in the spirit of releasing shame and, you know, being vulnerable, I'm going to plug myself, which I don't always do, but I'm so proud of me for at least even trying. Um, so, you know, this podcast I'm doing out of, you know, my own free time and it's something that definitely lights me up and so I don't I don't want it to seem like oh I'm doing this for money because I'm very much not but at the same time I know that if I continue to do things in alignment with my purpose the money will just come and the money doesn't come if I don't you know plug myself and and you know really shoot my shot so I want to say thank you so much for listening and there are absolutely ways that you can support me for this podcast um there I'll just go in order okay first things first please share this podcast. That is the best way for me that you can support me is by getting growing the audience. It's something that I'm also working on myself. It's like telling people I have a podcast. Like I'm really hesitant because it's like, it feels like all my deepest, darkest secrets. And it's like, oh, wow. Like I don't want to share that with everyone. But the whole point of this podcast is for people to not feel alone and for us to talk about the things and, and hear about the things that are taboo and, and stigmatized so that we can literally like improve the quality of our life and, and, and save lives ultimately like that's the goal and so um a huge thing you can do is share the podcast with someone that you think will enjoy it any episode if you haven't listened to all the episodes listen to all of them you never know what you're gonna learn and share the episodes that you really love on your instagram story text it to your friends talk talk about it you can give me feedback through i have a instagram at you are the healer it's a u and an r and these are always linked in every episode, so you can always find them pretty quickly there. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and you can DM me like, oh my gosh, Sydney, I loved this episode. I loved what you had to say about this. Like, Just creating that type of community to me is really important. And also, I, I had ads for a month, but with um, Spotify, you have to qualify every month. And my first month, it was like 100 new listeners. And I was honestly so proud of myself that I got that. So I had ads for a month. So I was making a little bit of cheddar for one month. And then the rate increased. So now I need a thousand new listeners in order to have ads. So please share the podcast. That would be really helpful to me. You can also, like I said, follow my Instagram, follow my TikTok. I post a lot of mental health content there. And also I have different ambassadorships with different things. So I am an ambassador for this therapist called Tiffany Rowe, and she has um, a counseling 
service and also a website with a bunch of cool mental health courses, mental health merch, mental health um, products. So like I have this deck of affirmations from her that I use all the time. I put them all around my room, all by my mirrors, and they're super awesome, super helpful, really visually like super dope. Um, She has a coping skills deck. She has like different bundles for different things. So if you're really dedicated to your healing journey, which you probably are if you're listening to a podcast called You're the Healer, um, this has great content. And if you use the link, then you get 20% off. I also have a um, ambassadorship with a women-owned sustainable activewear brand. It's called Miniwear. I love the little sets that I got from them. I think their stuff is really cute. It's great if you really care about the environment. They're like carbon neutral, all those things, and they're women-owned, so slay. Um, if you use my link, you get a discount as well. And then I also am a Honey Stingers ambassador. So I really started using honey stingers when I was training for my half marathon. They like really fueled me up and, um, I just like applied to be an ambassador and then I got it and I was like, Oh, dope. Cause I like actually really enjoy this, this, um, stuff. And so I'm like, Oh, I get to like promote it. That's pretty dope. Um, and then another way that you can support me is, um, in every show note, there is a link for supporting the podcast that can be a one-time or monthly recurring donation. That is like the most direct way to support me in the podcast. I'm also going to shoot my shot and just link my Venmo in this episode description. If you're like, Sydney, I love your content. Like, let me like help you out. That would be great. Um, and I think that this is relevant that I'm doing this on the shame episode because part of me feels a little shameful plugging myself like this, but I'm not going to let it win. And I'm sharing my experience with other people. So please offer me some empathy and support and support me in the ways that you can. Um, thank you so much for listening. I absolutely love that. I have this space to create and to share my experience and to help people help themselves. I just love it so much. Um, so let me know what you think of this episode. Um, continue to support me and thank you so much for listening. And until next time, please take care of yourself. I love you. Quick disclaimer that all the views expressed in You Are the Healer are my own. They are not a substitute for any legal, professional, mental health advice. It is just educational purposes and me sharing my experiences. This podcast is not intended to replace any professional medical or mental health advice.